This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ready! Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. We gotta have a drive. 23 left, 23 left. Will, It's time for the Overtime Show with Nate Geary. Good evening and welcome in to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Geary here. The Bills... You know, you know what happened. They won, and uh, we all feel better. Everything is right with the world, and we can go on with our lives and forget about the last week, two weeks, month. Forget about the last month. Kind of, right? It feels definitely better. Uh, There's no doubt about that. feels better. Um, It looked better. There was something about feeling at times that we've all sort of done a little too much scapegoating of Ken Dorsey. I thought the head coach did by firing him a bit. Uh, I think we've all been looking at him for the past month, really kind of dating back since to like maybe the Steelers game last year and blaming him for a lot of things that probably weren't his fault. And then you watch tonight's game and you watch the offense that put up 22 against the Broncos last week and 14 against the Giants and, um, you know, all the examples of them really not playing very particularly good. 16 against the Jets in the first game of the year. And then you watch what they do tonight, and you feel this level of, where has this been? <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a new offensive coordinator. And I think that's kind of where I am is I like Joe Brady. It was a good first showing for him. They scored 32 points against the number three defense in football, a defense that held them to six, but they doubled their their point output from the first game. Literally, they doubled it. They looked good. They looked competent. Josh Allen looked freed up. The run game looked good. Motion, there was purpose. Um, to, To the motion, there was purpose, of course. I like the personnel usage. We saw a lot of 11 personnel. We saw 10 personnel. We saw a lot of Shakir. We saw more Hardy, more Sherfield. And just it's hard for me not to think this is what it should have looked like the whole time. I didn't feel particularly good about the Bills walking into this game because, and I didn't feel particularly good about Joe Brady, not because I don't think he can handle the job or that I don't think he's a good coach. Um, I think he was put in a difficult situation to basically save the season for a franchise um, that had been, you know, sort of running in place for the last month. So I thought he was, he got kind of a, a raw deal. In this whole thing. And I thought he responded by um, creating a good game plan against a very good defense that has had this Bills offense number dating back to longer than, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Really, this is a a Jets defense that really, for the better part of, I, I would say since Robert Sala has been there, has really had the Bills number. 
specifically on offense. So it just was good to see this offense look more like the unit everyone believes they can be. And I do think a lot of that has to do with the with the offensive quarter. I thought he was good tonight. Um, on a short week, I, I thought the 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 sort of the cards were sort of stacked against him. Um, and for the offense to look as good as they did, uh, to look as potent as they did, and to make as many plays as they did, uh, I think speaks to you know hopefully what the rest of the season will look like. But I, I guess I would tell you I I, I want to caution all of you into believing that everything is is better now and this is a team that's going to go on an undefeated run and win the division and finish the season, you know, 12 and 5 or well yeah, 12 and 5. Obviously, you look at the defensive side of the ball and the injuries are just continuing to mount. I this is a team right now that has lost more wins above replacement than any team in football just based on the injuries that was before they lost another starting corner, uh another starting slot corner. And Taylor Rapp, who's been playing a lot. So the hope is that, you know, it's just a slight concussion for Taron Johnson. He'll be back next week. Uh, the hope is that Dane Jackson's the same thing, just a concussion. And, you know, he'll work through protocol this week and, and be ready to play next week. Uh, and the same, you know, for Taylor Rapp, who was a little scarier. Obviously gets gets ambulanced off, but we heard Sean McDermott in his post-game, post-game press conference say that he was back home. So that's, that's a good sign. Um, but all in all... I, I'm not uh, – maybe not going to let myself get too high after a game like this. This is a team they should have beat. The Jets stink. They're bad. They're not good. They have the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. Tim Boyle – Joe DiBiase was with me in the Northwest Bank broadcast booth and showed me Tim Boyle's college stats, which I was convinced were fake. Couldn't be real. Came in and looked better than Zach, Zach Wilson has at any really point this year or in his career. That should tell you everything you need to know about where this, where that franchise is right now. They are in dire straits with their quarterback situation. They have to bench Zach Wilson, I, like just to save face. But I, letting that clown show go as long as it has, I think, is a, is already a black eye in the organization. Um, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. They're not going to be in a playoff uh, position. They're going to get absolutely throttled over the remaining part of the season, and they're going to be drafting in the top eight. So, like, that's just what the Jets are going to be. They stink, and Aaron Rodgers is not solving their problems. Um, so, again, I I don't want to necessarily pat – I don't want to go above and beyond patting them on the back for beating a team they should have beaten in the first week. And they wouldn't find themselves in such a, a difficult spot if they had just taken care of business against this terrible-ass team in week one, taking care of business against a bad New England Patriots team, and taking care of business against a not-very-good Broncos team last week. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, I, again, good – Good to see the offense look good again. Uh, see them back in the in the win column, of course, is good. But, you know, I guess wake me up at this time next week because they are going to have a real test and they can't afford to drop any other ones because they've gotten – they've basically killed their margin for error this year. Uh, so they don't have one any longer. They they're If they end up 6-6 six and six and I'm on this show next week talking about a loss to the Eagles, um, their season's over. So I, I don't see them going on a run where they're going to beat the, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. I just – I don't see that happening. They've got to beat the Eagles next week, who are – you know, they play the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year in the next two next two of the three next weeks. You know, obviously they've got the bye week in there. It's hard to convince me that's still not over. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out some hope. They looked better today. So that's good. Let's go to the phones. Let's get connected with our fans. Let's go to Brad in Pittsburgh. Brad, you are on – 
the overtime show. Welcome. Hey, Nate. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yeah. Um, I was listening earlier, and, you know, once I could get through with the uh, Odyssey, I guess we had an issue going on there. But uh, Shope and Bulldog were sounding kind of down, and I'm ready to be optimistic, man. We just hung 32 on a top defense. You know, Russell Douglas looks awesome in our defense. He does look very good. I'm feeling really good, man. And if I could just throw one thing out there. True. You know, I'm here in Pittsburgh. I was watching um, the Steeler game earlier. Kenny Pickett threw a pass. He threw a deep shot, but the receiver broke it off. And he didn't get flagged for intentional grounding. I thought that was automatic. Uh, it's a good. It's a good question. Uh, or it, 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 going it's, back to last week when yeah. Josh Allen got flagged for intentional grounding when our receiver broke it off. That's all. Just that little snidbit. But I loved our offense. Top defense hung thirty-two on them. That's the most points they've given up all season. I feel really good, man. I really do. I think. Uh, I think good things are coming. Oh, well, I appreciate the call, Brad. And listen, I, I will not take away. If you want to be happy. I think you should be happy. I, I think everyone should be happy. Um, I'm not as convinced. I think that they won a game they should have won uh, against a team they should have lost to in week one, and the offense looked like it should have, it should have looked over the last eight weeks. Um, but don't let me or anyone else, you know, rain on your parade. If you want to party after this, go party after this. Um, I just I, – I, I know the task remaining here. And I think it's a really, really it's it's an uphill battle. Uh, now, hear hear me out. I mean, if they lose this game, I'm having a meltdown tonight, and it wouldn't matter who they played next week, anyways. It now matters who they play next week because they won tonight. So that's that's good, right? Like it matters what happens next week because they're good now, or because the, because of tonight's win. But it just it feels like such a missed opportunity this season. Uh, getting it, they should be they should have been eight and two going into this game, or seven and three, or whatever. Like they, they that's where they should have been going into this game, uh, and getting to eight and three, and then getting on the road and going to the Philadelphia Eagles and feeling like, hey, like these are two of the league's best right here, two of the two of the league's best quarterbacks, and um, you know, two of the best offenses in the league. And holy cow, this is going to be a great matchup. But hey, if they lose, it's not an indictment on them. And now it it, it goes to well, they've got nobody on the defensive side of the ball to even that are even left to play. I mean, they're down eight guys in their secondary or whatever. Um, and on top of that, you know, they can't afford to lose any more games. So it's just the the situation that they find themselves in, I think, is is a really difficult one that they've made. It's a bed that they have made themselves. And um, I am hopeful that it will get turned around, and today wasn't an, an anomaly. Um, but I know how I felt after the Dolphins game, and I don't feel that way after this game the same way I felt after the Dolphins game, I felt after the Dolphins game, the Bills were back to being the best team in football. They were three and one at that point, right? Four and one. Um, they had just I, literally the Dolphins looked unstoppable. They scored seventy points the week prior, and the Bills hung forty eight on them and held them to twenty points. I'm thinking, oh, that that week one game was an anomaly, and they just cranked the Miami Dolphins. They're big back, and then the next five weeks happened, and. It's hard for me in one game to just move way off of where I've been for the last month, which is not in a good place about this team, about this coach, about a lot of things. It feels a little better today, no doubt.
A win's a win. And they could have won 16 to 9 today, and I'd still feel the same way as I do now. And I don't know what that says. Um, but again, I like I like Joe Brady. I think this was a move that they should have made a long time ago. Um, when it still mattered. Not that I'm saying it doesn't matter now, because it can if they go on a run. I just I'm having a hard time getting to the to the place of all the feel goods and that they're going on this run. And if they beat the Eagles next week, uh, that might move me. That might move me enough to say, okay, uh, a bye week, two weeks to prepare for for Andy Reid. Um, they've played him well in the regular season the last couple of years. Obviously, beat him last year. Um, and I, you know, if and then I'll feel really good about where this team is because of how the quarterback played and how they looked against a Super Bowl contending team and the in the reigning Super Bowl runner ups or whatever you want to call them in the Eagles. I just, I don't want to take too much from this game. The Jets stink. They're terrible. They are really, really bad. They're poorly coached. Uh, I think their roster kind of stinks. Uh, They did what the Bills did a couple years ago is draft more defensive ends, even though they have tons of them and don't need them. Um, It's a poverty franchise. They're never going to do anything good. And they have Aaron Rodgers, and it doesn't matter because they're still the Jets. And that sucks uh, to be a Jets fan and to be a part of the franchise over there. But, again, this is just the Bills are way better than them. They're also way better than Denver and way better than New England. And who else have they lost to that you feel like you want to, you know, jump off the peace bridge? Like, the optimism. It's Obviously, it's not flowing through me tonight. It. It does feel good. I, the caller, Brad, thanks for bringing up Rasul Douglas. Let me bring up something, a really solid positive from this game. What a free agent signing. Or I'm sorry, what a trade deadline acquisition. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to know or, or think of an, a trade deadline acquisition short of Christian McCaffrey last year that's had a bigger impact on its team this soon. Except the 49ers traded their entire draft for a running back, and the Bills traded, you know, peanuts for a – they're right now their they're top corner. Their cornerback one walked off the bus on a Wednesday afternoon, played meaningful snaps in that Sunday night game, and now has taken over as this team's most consistent and, and clear – I mean, just such a perfect fit for the franchise, for the scheme, for Sean McDermott, for everything. It's just he has fit in really well and has been a really, really, really nice compliment. Uh, and frankly, he needed one. Could you imagine if the Bills didn't have Rasul Douglas, who they'd be down to today after the Dane Jackson you know, injury? Uh, who are they? Is this Siren Neal? Is he playing on the outside? Are they going to – Jamarcus Ingram? Like, they're, they're, in, they're in it. So the, the Rasul Douglas trade ends up being really big. Leonard Floyd, uh, this defensive line is now second in the NFL with sacks with 39 in the air. Uh, Leonard Floyd and Ed Oliver are back to being – just dominant forces. Ed Oliver continues to have an absolute career. Six sacks today. Well, not today, but you know, finished with a sack today, and now he's got six in the season, which is a career high for him. Um, and there's, you know, six games remaining. So uh, good for Ed Oliver. He's had a tremendous year. Um, you know, made I think a lot of people are eating crow about um, you know the comments that were made about him. And when Brandon Bean signed him to a contract extension, I was one of them. I wasn't a huge fan of the move. Um, he has been. A revelation for this team um, and they need young good young players to continue ascending and he is ascending there's no doubt about it um, so there's there's your positive outlook uh, I could get you a guy that could do both you know uh, that's me uh, tomorrow on WGR it's Buffalo Bills football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next get started at Northwest.com Jeremy and Joe break the game down in the morning then the extra point show with Sal Capaccio at 10 
followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon. Chopin Bulldog at 3. They'll have Eric Wood at 4. And then it's 7.30 p.m. Westwood One presents the Eagles at the Chiefs. Should be game of the year. It's going to be a great matchup of last year's Super Bowl. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. And a reminder, let TRS Heating and Air Conditioning intercept and pay your heating bills this winter season. Now, through January 7th, 2024, go to WGR 550.com. Enter for your chance to win $1,200 towards your home heating bills this winter. TRS Heating and Air Conditioning, they treat you as if you were their only customer. I got to get a timeout in. We got to get a bunch in over the next uh, about an hour and a half, hour and 10 minutes or so um, here on the Overtime Show. 803-0550 is the number to call if you want to get your thoughts in. Happy to have you. And uh, we'll talk more and break more down about this Bill's 32-6 win over the lonely lowly, very bad New York Jets team here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Buffalo Bills defeated the New York Jets 32-6 in this afternoon's matchup and are now 6-5 on the season. Jets drop an 8, and the pass is complete to Shakir. Gets away from the tackle to the 40, 35-30. Doubles back to the 20, still loose. He's going all the way for the touchdown. 81 yards to Paydirt. Josh Allen led the day, going 20 for 32 for 275 yards with three passing touchdowns and one interception. And James Cook led the rushing attack with 17 carries for 73 yards. And in the air, Khalil Shakir led the team with 115 yards, three receptions, and one touchdown. Earlier today, the Dolphins defeated the Raiders 20 to 13. The Lions defeated the Bears 31 to 26. The Jaguars defeated the Titans 34 to 14. And the 49ers defeated the Buccaneers 27-14. Taking a look at the primetime window, the Vikings are leading the Broncos 10-9 at the start of the third quarter. This update is brought to you by Fiegel Carr and Joyce, your border attorneys. I'm Joe Kelly for WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Geary back at our Amherst studio. It's been a long day for me. I was at the, sta- I was at the, uh, 
at Highmark Stadium, and then I got stuck in traffic, and here I am back here, uh, you know, bringing it all to you. No, it's a, it's a thankless job, people. I don't get a lot of, uh, you know, no one's calling me and thanking me for all my hard work, and, uh, you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. I'm good at that. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Steve in Buffalo. Steve, you are on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Steve. My man, yo, I, first of all, thank you. you you're the best. 5 a.m. I listen to you all the time. Thanks, man. Uh, I wanted to tell you one thing. Um, we're back. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you I'll tell you another thing. The Jets are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. They're very bad. And I'll tell you one thing. You guys next week, 38 to 10. Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go, Eagles. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. I- I don't, I don't know. It was a very confusing call, but I, I, I appreciate your. Yeah, let's go to Eye on the Quarterback, which is brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so, so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen in this game. I, listen, it was it was a it was a much needed performance um, in this game from Josh Allen, who has not necessarily been struggling as of late, but not piecing together, I think, a really good start-to-finish performance. Obviously, as the interception at the end of the half, he finishes 20 of 32, 275, three touchdowns, an interception, a 46.2 QBR, and 108.2 quarterback rating. Listen, on the other side, Zach Wilson finishes with a, I don't think I've ever seen this before, a 3.7 QBR. That seems bad. I'm not a math guy. That seems really bad, though. Um, so there. There's your eye on the quarterback. Once again, brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. Uh, okay, one of my favorite things. I'll drop another one in here. Sal Capaccio takes behind the scenes live uh, on every Bills home game during his all-access Facebook Live. It's on WGR's Facebook page, and it's presented by Mobile Warming by FieldShare. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut to the locker room. We're going to hear from Bills left tackle Deion Dawkins, who had a lot to say about the New York Jets after this game. So uh, let's get to Deion Dawkins. It's brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. I'm a humble guy. I'm I'm not a fan, man. I'm not a fan of the of the Jets. Like very disrespectful players. It's what it is. And when we could run and pass and beat a team and like that, cool. Thumb, and thumbs up. What makes them? You say that they're disrespectful. Anything Ask them. Obviously, there was a lot of you know, skirmishes after yeah. the whistle and things like that. What was going on out there that got under your skin or you know, the, collectively the team skin? Guys just being guys. Guys playing with a lot of emotion and a lot of physicality. Um, but just a lot of BS, man, a lot of BS. You know, like those guys, that's what it is. So to get a win like that, 32-6, to six, I mean, what's that, what's that feel like, man? It's cool to get back on the Buffalo Bills track. Like, this is what y'all are used to, so this is what we're used to as well. It feels good. Thank Josh, you, bro. Josh was talking about the energy this week. That was what Sean talked about after what happened with Ken. He said he took a lot of that out of him. Like, the quarterback's got to set the energy, bring the energy. Yeah. What was this week like inside your building? Josh is being Josh, you know. Um, and it wasn't like on Josh. It was, it was everybody who puts the helmet on and the pads on. Everybody had to bring their part. You know, like, not everybody is a leader. Not everybody's, like, the leader. But everybody that's on this team had to bring their piece of the puzzle. And that's what and we did in practice and in meetings and in lunch and in, and, and individual drills. Like, we got offensive guys that go to defense that help us on on offense when we're in. Like, like Greg. Like, we have guys that, that are just unselfish and doing their part. And I get 
tip my hat to him and give him a double and thumbs up because that's what we're going to need pushing forward to, you know, get another win. All right, that is left tackle Deion Dawkins again following their 32-6 win. A lot of talk about, uh, you know, obviously there was a, a lot of chippiness out there tonight. Uh, two teams that don't like each other. Uh, I think the Bills had an axe to grind, and I think the Jets, generally speaking, uh, talk a lot. So uh, it was good for the Bills to uh, to punch back a little bit. There's no doubt about that. You're listening to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Geary, we're going to take a timeout. On the other side, we'll continue taking your phone calls, 803-0550, the number to call if you want to give us a shout. Love to hear from you. Get your thoughts on the game. Uh, and, yeah, so we'll do that. And we'll also next hour hear from Bills Safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. We'll also hear that Sean McDermott press conference that Leslie or that uh, that Deion Dawkins referred to as well. So we got all that coming up next. You're listening to the Overtime Show here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back. The Overtime Show chugs along. Nate Geary here uh, hanging out. Got another hour to go. We're going to hear from Bill Safety's uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde this half hour. We're also going to hear from Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, later. But let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Cam in Niagara. Cam, you are on The Overtime Show. Welcome. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Yeah, I just want to bring up two points. I think uh, we were actually at the game tonight. Uh, it's in the 108 section. And uh, two of the biggest points, I thought, were Josh Allen. First of all, not having the ability to pass the ball to Stephon Diggs, which I think is the biggest key to success in the future games is coming against these teams that are going to be above 500. If we can't pass the ball to Diggs, then how are we going to win these games? Ultimately, you got to be able to, to, to drive that ball down the field, make those plays, and then pass the touchdown. Ultimately, get those points and, uh, and win the game. So I think, I think that's also, along with uh, him not being able to run the ball, has been a bit of congruence. I think uh, having him control the game with also having the new offensive coach will be a will be a big determinant of uh, whether they're going to have success in this game. So uh, I think those are two biggest points that we're going to drive home and uh, have the build success uh, this season. So yeah, thanks for the call, Cam. Yeah, listen, I. I... Stephon Diggs ends up with eight targets tonight. I think that probably should be a number that's a little bit higher. This is his one of his more inefficient games. Uh, had a couple of early drops. Um, I, I, the second play of the game, where it's like a design screen pass to him. Um, I don't know if it was a it was kind of a hot throw from Allen. Looks like he had trouble, uh, or it looked like he had trouble gathering that shotgun snap and getting that out there uh, accurately. I like how they use Stefan in motion today. They, they, there was a conscious effort, conscious effort um, 
to to create some separation with pre-snap motion with him. I love that. I love the little um, little wheel motion that he did on the first play of the game. He did that a couple more times. Um, I, I think his his numbers are going to bounce back. I, I think it was really promising tonight that the Bills did what they did uh, against this defense, against Sauce. Sauce Gardner is one of the best, if not the best corner in football. Um, I expected, I did not expect Stephon Diggs to go for, you know, 8 and 160 tonight. Um, did I expect him to play a little bit better and, and maybe not have the drops and uh, play a little bit more consistently? Sure. Um, and I think he obviously, Cam, is the... Uh, going to be the main recipe, uh, the the main ingredient to a successful recipe over the next couple of weeks um, as they enter the you know most important part of their schedule. Um, but uh, I'll say this: uh, I think this is. I think it's a good sign that the Bills were able to do what they were do what they were able to do tonight: score thirty two points and not have Stephon Diggs play his best game. He, if it, I think over the last couple of weeks, if Stefan, if you'd have told me four for twenty-five, I thought the Bills would probably have lost. So you're getting you're what you're seeing tonight, though, and what I love from Joe Brady is a reintegration of this team's running backs that they've spent a lot of assets on. Now they didn't spend a lot of assets on Ty Johnson, but they spent a lot of assets on on running backs, um, and they have they had to really be able to integrate them within the passing game. And I thought, you know, obviously uh, two two touchdowns from running backs in the passing game today um, that might be more than they've had all year in one game. So I like that. I I, I like seeing them, and I think you're going to continue seeing the ball go to the running backs. It's easy stuff. And I love giving Josh easy stuff because it gives him some confidence and builds confidence throughout a game um, when he's got to hit those balls down the field like he did on that touchdown to Khalil Shakir um, that he feels good about it. So that's, um, yeah, I, 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 I like what I saw tonight, even though Stephon Diggs maybe didn't have his best game. Um, I thought it was really good that they were able to win the game that they were able to win, uh, how they were able to win without Stephon Diggs um, having that, that sort of great game. Let's go to Leslie in Toronto. Leslie, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Leslie. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just wanted to get uh, your take on um, that Hail Mary that we tried uh, right before halftime. Um, I mean, at that point in the game, we were up 10. We get the ball coming out. Um, we tried to get in field goal range. That didn't work out. So at that point, why not just take a knee? We tossed it up. They intercepted the ball. They could have ran it back, scored a touchdown that would have changed the whole dynamic of the game. So I don't, I, I don't really understand the coaching there. Um, I mean, why, why risk it? Um, maybe I'm missing something, but I, I just didn't see any point for Allen tossing that ball up at that juncture. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that they didn't do a great job on that drive. I thought that they handled the situation. They could have handled it better. Um, I didn't really love the – Josh like kind of trips over his own feet uh, and ends up you know falling over, getting the first down, but it effectively killed the drive. Um, I would have liked to see them keep it in the air and, and, and try to get a first down, get it to the sidelines, keep that time out, maybe have another chance to get it closer to field goal range. Um, but Hail Marys, Hail Marys. I mean, I thought it was actually a bad throw from Josh. I don't think he got all of it. The ball kind of came out of his hands funky, um, and, it, and it put, them in a, it put him in a, in a difficult position where he really couldn't execute a throw down the field. So uh, just better execution on that play, uh, I think, overall. But, I mean, that's, that's a standard end-of-half end of, end of play. Um, it's been completed before. So that's why you run that play. Thanks for the call, Leslie. Let's go to Brad in Hamburg. Brad, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Brad. Hey, Nate. How's it going? Good, man. Um, I, did you see the pass right before like the half, the first half, where Josh threw it down the field, 
and Davis was like 15 yards away. Like he stopped. Uh, the, was that the offsides play? Was that the offsides play? They they the the Jets went offsides and then Josh threw it down the field uh, on a free play and Gabe stopped running. Was that the play? Yes, I think it might have been, but like I like afterwards, it looked like Josh was like, "Why weren't you still running?" It's happened before, you know what I mean? It like, looked I'm, like I, it could have been a miscommunication, Brad. It, I, it probably it probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it probably was. I just think that, like, for some reason, Davis is not working out. Like, I I love this the whole team. I love the whole team. I'm I'm a, I'm a Bills fan for life, but I feel like Davis is is like sometimes off. He's had three targets over the last two weeks. Right. He's effectively, I would say, he's effectively become useless. A, a blocker. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm a I'm an old uh I'm an old center. You know what I mean? Like so I know how that works. Like I'm 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 an offensive lineman guy. But it's like where where were you like doing what are you doing? Like Yeah. Yeah, Brad, listen, it's uh thanks for the call, buddy. Um it's I don't know what to make of of the Gabriel Davis. It's is it a situation? I, I don't know if it's a situation. Uh but I've gotta tell you that only there there are only so many times the ball can go off of your hands and into the into the waiting arms of a defender before your quarterback stops throwing you the football. Uh and I think we're seeing that. If I'm being honest. Let's go to Leonard. Thanks for the call, buddy. Let's go to Leonard in Middleburg. Leonard, you are on the overtime show. Welcome. Hey Dave, Dave. first of all, you're my favorite WGR guy, without a doubt. Appreciate that, buddy. My biggest question is every time they bring Deontay Hardy on the field, I go, No, 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 no. What more does Khalil Shakir have to do to let this team know that he should be on the field more, way more? Deontay Hardy, it seems like every time it's a it's a it's a lack of yards, or we we lose yards, or and Shakir just is lighting it up. I think I don't know. It's and second. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'm glad Sean McDermott finally. Josh hasn't played that good this year. He really hasn't. I, I know his stats are up for yep. just a completion percentage, whatever. But it's about time Sean starts calling people out. I think. Where I live, everybody, they hammer on me because I'm in Jets and Giants country, which sucks. But Bill's fan for 37 years. And uh, I just I feel like Shakir needs to be on the field more. And Deontay Hardy, just put him on the bench. What are we doing? Yeah, you know, thanks for the call, Leonard. Deontay Hardy's been disappointing. Um, they, I mean, for a depth receiver, they spent a pretty penny on him. Um, I don't know what you do with him next year, but they're going to be looking everywhere they can to reduce overall salary, uh, whether it's a f- outright cut or a pay cut. Um, I don't know. I, he's been disappointing. The routes haven't been crisp. Um, Josh Allen, when throwing him, has thrown a, a couple of picks this year. Uh, either it's been lazy routes or just hasn't worked for him. Um, I think that there's an argument to be made that we should be seeing more Khalil Shakir, not just over Deontay Hardy, but more Khalil Shakir over Gabriel Davis, who, you know, the, the last caller Brad mentioned as well, like Gabriel Davis, like what what's going on? I, if Gabe's out there to block, um, I would if, if you're going to run some 12 personnel, I'd like to see Khalil Shakir as the second receiver out there. Um, I think he's earned that right. He's played really, really well. Um, this guy's a fifth-round pick, too. Um, that's why you just, you, you, you take lottery, 
you 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 take chances on receivers in these in these drafts. You got to just keep drafting them um, because Tank Dell, who was drafted in the fourth round this year, uh, is. If if, see, if his teammate and quarterback wasn't playing so damn well, I, I might tell you Tank Dell has a has a a, a real look at the rookie offensive uh, rookie of the year in the AFC. I just you know CJ Stroud's got that thing locked locked up. So um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't I really don't know what to make of the wide receiver room right now. It's in in the weirdest spot it's been um, in a long time. It's just Gabriel Davis is is just a weird. Um, uh, friend Victoria on Twitter just uh, tweeted this out. Uh, if we exclude the Tampa Bay game where they forced him a bunch of useless targets, Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis's numbers since week five are six catches on 17 targets for 83 yards. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, they're, I don't know what to make it, give this Gabriel Davis situation. There's, uh, it is a situation at this point. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a timeout. Uh, we are going to take a timeout. On the other side, we hear from the safeties, uh, Bills, safeties, uh, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. So don't go anywhere uh, after this. Again, uh, Bills safeties from the locker room coming up here on WGR. Welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. We're going to cut to the locker room and hear from Bill's safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. It's brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Any questions? <laughs> you held them to 155 yards. I think it was over on third down. Despite all the injuries, I mean, that's got to be one of your best performances. Start to top, or top to just found a way to respond uh, for the last two weeks. That's what this game is. That's what life is, is being able to respond in adverse situations, uh, kind of backs against the wall. And, um, you know, it's just the type of team that we have and put a good week into practice and it showed today. We've heard a lot of you guys say over the years, like, confidence is a hell of a drug and the turnovers come in bunches. Does it feel like today can kind of spark maybe a continuation of that, especially turning the ball over? That's an area where I guess you guys probably have not performed up to your normal standard lately yeah i mean uh <clears throat> what do we have how many how many picks we had? We had two zool had two and yeah, then uh, and he had two he had two picks yeah two picks uh yeah i mean that's that's just uh obviously he's gonna he's gonna play a lot of confidence um which he does already but just for for our defense man to to have all those takeaways early in the season and going a little drought um not really taking the not really living up to our standard of taking the ball away so yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to go back out there and and, and do that um, in front of our home crowd and something we can build off of. What have you guys, you guys seen from? Have, oh, go ahead, Captain. Um, what have you guys seen from Rasul behind the scenes where he's acclimated uh, so quickly to this defense to make plays like that? He's a really, really good football player. Uh, very instinctive. Understands the game. Yep. Uh, inside and out. Um, and and he's just somebody who I can just tell a call. He's gonna listen and he understands what he's what he's doing and he plays physical. He plays aggressive and. He makes our job in the back end a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. And just not even football wise, just him, his presence in the locker room. He's a confident person. Um, his ass be cheating playing Uno in the, in the locker room, but you know, competitor all the way and shows up on the football field. Mike, it always hurts when guys go out, but it's happened so much to you. Not that it makes it easier. It would never be easier, but. Have you gotten used to just mixing and matching when guys have to go out there and, and perform when, when you've lost players? It's happened a lot over the last two years, really. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't say used to it because, <clears throat> you know, you can having the the camaraderie of, of guys, the, the guys that are on the field and um, starters, I, w- I would say, of, of being out there and getting a lot of reps together is ideal. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we emphasize a lot next man in. You guys heard that probably a thousand times over the last seven years, and that's exactly what we were trying to do. Um, you know, someone goes out, next person step in, and, you know, good thing is we got leaders um, throughout the throughout the defense that can, uh, you know, kind of get these guys lined up and, and allow them to play fast. On that same note, can one of you touch on the just emotional toll it takes on a player t- to see the ambulance come out for one of your teammates, a sight that you guys have seen far too often the last couple of years? It's hard. Anytime anybody goes off on a stretcher, on an ambulance, on a cart, um, it's tough. Uh, it's part of the game that we play. Um, you know, always just uh, can't wait to go see how them boys are doing right now. As soon as we get out of here, um, it is tough, but it's part of the game, and you know we'll bounce back and we found a way to get a win. Hey, I just want to say off that, like, like when, when stuff like that happens, um, you know, for us, we we signed up to play. We've been playing this game for a long time, um, so we understand, you know, stuff like that can happen. But I think the biggest thing is for our families. Um, you know, it's tough for them to see. Obviously, the ambulance coming out is is, uh, is a scary thing. So, um, you know, for the families to to, to go through that, it's, um, it's unfortunate. But hopefully, like J. Po said, those guys are, are you know at home or wherever they're at recovering, and hope to see them. Feel like the offense had more juice from your vantage point when you're watching them today. Yeah, I mean, they they are they're a damn good offense um and they've had juice all week um the energy that they've came out with throughout the week um we fed off of it they fed off of ours and so um, we just want to keep this thing rolling thanks guys that's the bills captains and safeties micah hyde and jordan poyer timeout other side here on the overtime show we'll have you uh sean mcdermott's postgame press conference as well you're listening to the overtime show here on wgr Welcome back to our final segment here. Before we go to head coach Sean McDermott, a reminder tomorrow on WGR, it's Buffalo Bills Football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. Jeremy and Joe break the game down in the morning. Then the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio at 10, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon. Show up and Bulldog at 3. They'll have Eric Wood at 4. And then at 7.30, Westwood One presents the Eagles at the Chiefs. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Here's Bills head coach Sean McDermott. All right, uh, glory to God, man. Good to come hit, come in here and get a win. Um, divisional game, four o'clock start. Uh, crowd was again phenomenal at home. Uh, I really thought that uh, the kickoff, the opening kickoff, set the tone for the entire game. Um, great job by our kickoff, our kickoff team. Reggie Gilliam, I think, was the player that caused the fumble, and 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 it went on from there. So, offensively, I thought we did a good job during the week. Um, Led by led by Joe and the offensive staff, really coming together, the collaboration, and then working then to, to Josh and Josh taking it, uh, really Josh, Steph, and, and Mitch taking it uh, to the offensive players and and bringing the game plan to life and in practice and and the meetings and then um, what you saw on the field and then and then defensively being able to uh, get a little bit of a lead and and um, rush the passer and, and take the ball away. Um, is what we're used to doing there. So a uh, good overall team win. Um, much work remains. Obviously, the penalties, um, we need to be more disciplined than that. But real proud overall of, 
of uh, and real proud overall of the team and and uh, their effort this week. Sean, what's the payoff after the week that you had? And to have a game like that, comprehensive, every phase uh, contributed to a big margin. You, everybody gets to play. The guys who are even on the fringes are making contributions. What, what, what does that do? Well, again, it was we came in here and we know we we're going to need a team effort. And we hadn't really played team football over the last X amount of weeks, you know, with the turnovers and and whatnot. And I'll just start there. So the guys um, were adamant and intentional about making sure that we played good team football. And um, I know we had the one turnover before half. Um, really, even that one shouldn't have happened. Um, so, uh, but overall, I thought it was a good team effort. Yeah, I saw I saw a little bit more of his personality and our offense's personality. Um, and this is nothing about what had happened before or with with Coach Dorsey. It's more of just us getting back to, um, you know, just an energy on offense and and um, guys, you know, like you said, having some fun and. Um, I thought the offensive staff did a real good job of, of shaping a game plan that the guys felt good about and could execute. And, and um, you know, fundamentally, I thought we did a good job with the line of scrimmage as well. Uh, Coach Cromer and those offensive linemen took it to heart. I mean, that's a, that's a really good defense on the other side. And um, when you can control the line of scrimmage the way we did, you can be a two-dimensional offense. Knowing how you've been going through offensively and the change made this week, to come out and put a performance like that up against the defense that is giving your team challenges over the years and to score the most points against that defense of any team this year, is it any more gratifying uh, to do it against a team like that? Well, I'll just start by saying a win is a win. And um, they're hard every week, to, but you got to earn them. And uh, we knew it was going to be tough. Um, to your point, they're a good defense, um, and it starts up front, right? It starts up front, and then we knew we couldn't give them short fields, and they've gotten short fields over the over the uh, the times we've played them at least, and because we've turned the ball over, and they do that. They they take the ball away, they punch it out. Um, so again, I just thought it started up front with our offensive line and and our running backs. I thought run ran extremely well, um, James. Uh, Tay and then and then Ty in there as well. I mean, you could feel all, all three of those guys in a different way. Um, that was important for us. While you're there, can you talk about Cook? I mean, yeah. that was a hell of a night after what happened last week. Yeah, what did he have? Uh, what James? Seventy-three. Yeah, I mean, you could tell he was running with with uh, with a purpose. And he, he had his pads uh, down and. Um, he was. I just saw signs. I won't go into the detail here, but I saw signs of him developing, um, which I know he's been working on. So I thought that was good to see. Any initial report you can give on any of the injuries? Yeah, I don't. I don't know anymore right now. Um, so I just pray for those guys. And um, I believe Taylor is at home right now. So which is which is a good thing. Coach, can you talk about how Reggie Gilman was able to set the tone with that big hit and fumble? Yeah, I mean, special teams, uh, we deferred, uh, and uh, they came out with, with intention. And uh, that hit was, that was a hit. 
right? And and it jarred the ball loose, and the guys were there, and just the whole energy of the team, the energy of the stadium, it just lifted, right? And and so, it's one thing to run down on kickoff; it's another thing to run down um, with intention and purpose, and 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 you could feel that, in particular, on the early kickoffs there. Josh's personality coming out a little bit. Obviously, some more designed runs tonight. How much of that is kind of in play? Him getting involved in all phases for you guys offensively. How much is that kind of like an emphasis with the game? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was in there. I mean, we'll see what it you know where it goes each week. It's it's a little bit different each week based on the game plan and the defense defense we play. But I just think overall, Josh's play. He looked very in control um, in the game. Um, not that it was easy, but um, it was easy, right? In just terms of he was taking what the defense was giving him. Our players in the flats were and over the ball. The checkdowns were making people miss in space. Um, and so, I mean, that's good. It's one thing to throw a checkdown. It's another thing for it to get tackled. But, you know, and, and so you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to throw it then. It's just not as enticing. But in space, our players were making plays, which is good to see. Sean, it's only been a couple of weeks, but what's Rasul Douglas make here defense? Yeah, um, like I said before, I mean he's a he's a smart football player, um, and uh, the game makes a lot of sense to him. So uh, there's there's a reason why he can he could when he did he came in in a short week I believe got there Wednesday didn't practice um, and then played played was that a Sunday night game maybe um, I can't remember, but um, that doesn't. I mean that's hard to do, right? Learn learn an entire defensive game plan from scratch and and do that, and then now he's starting to really I think get into a rhythm of how he can make the defense work for him, right? And once you get a feel for what's what's expected, what's required, then you say, okay, this is when I can I can do some things in this defense. He said he felt he was moving slow on that 81 yard touchdown. What did you see on that play, and just what did you see out of him this game? Yeah, I mean, he's he's. Um, I, I think there's a lot of value in and in, uh, independability, right? And and he's one of our most dependable, consistent performers um, off the field, on the field, and uh, I'm glad to see we're we're using him and getting him involved. And and um, you know, I think when you're when you're playing, when you prepare a certain way, and and. Uh, and you visualize, sometimes the game seems like it slows down for you, and, and I think that's what you're seeing. Uh, Sean, we had 27, it was 27 total yards for Diggs and Davis combined. And in weeks past or years past, when you have that kind of production, probably not talking about a win, how much does that speak to the idea of complementary football? Yeah, I mean, I'll tip my cap to those guys. Um, it's, it's not easy as a wide receiver to go and get those numbers. Um, and still feel good about about things. And Steph and Gabe were phenomenal the, whole, the entire game. And um, even when Steph, you know, got body slammed, you know, he didn't he didn't pop up and and retaliate. And, and then it was an offsetting foul. I mean, he was Steph was very in control um, the entire night and and um, you know playing good team football. Sean, just talked about the need to get simple this week because of the change and maybe less you could do and more of a focus on execution. How much was that refocus a factor in what was better about the offense then? I think it was that was in there for sure, but it was a lot of little things, right, that, that factored into to one big one big boulder of, of the why, right? I mean, you could point to a lot of things that um, we did right during the week in particular and, and the guys executed. So, um, you know, there was a lot of things in there. 
I don't know if this is a better question for you tomorrow, but what did you make of the game that Joe Brady called and you know since his first game since his promotion? Yeah, I mean, um, again, I felt like Joe, along with the Joe, first of all, Joe picked up um, where we needed him to right away. You know, when we made the switch, um, there was no hesitation. Um, he went right to the offensive staff. The offensive staff really came together and collaborated in, in a team way and an effective way. And um, you know, I saw I saw a healthy dose of leadership from Joe. And then um, Joe's relationship with Josh, and um, I think was was important. His communication during the week and and making sure that Josh was um, in sync with the game plan. That they had good symmetry there, and then um, the way he called the game. To your question, um, it was it was again. I could hear the offensive staff communicating, collaborating, adjusting, and then Joe um, taking that and putting it putting it into play. So um, it was it was. Um, I thought um, it was executed well. John, I don't know if you were asked about this during When you go from coaching one position in the quarterbacks, I'm guessing that Joe is not privy to everything that's going on in the O-line room, in the tight ends room. Like, so how does it go from that quarterback coaching job to being the offensive coordinator where you now need to have kind of agency over all the positions and how difficult is it to pick that up in four days? Well, there, if there's one position that does it, um, it is the quarterback position, the quarterback coach. And Joe's been involved in some things, big picture-wise, prior to, to now. And then his experience um, in the job at other places, right, also also helps with that. So so that's not really a new a new a new job, right? Um, it's just new here. And um, you know, I thought he did a really nice job. I really did. Is even you know Joe. And I meeting last night a little bit before the game, or last night before meetings. Um, his his communication not only with the offensive staff but with me, uh, I thought was was important, and, and that's important that it continues as well. John, overall, what has Dalton Kincaid meant to your offense since he was inserted in the starting lineup? Yeah, uh, what did Dalton have? Don't see it. Six for forty-six. Six for forty-six. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't know how much, you know, what he had the first go around against the Jets, but um, to me, it's just it's it's what I what I'm used to when you see a tight end, um, you know, what I came up around in Philadelphia, what I came up around in Carolina with respect to Greg Olson in Carolina, and then Chad Lewis or the other tight ends we used in in, in Philadelphia with Donovan there, and um, and Dawson. Let's not, you know, forget about Dawson, and obviously he's been out. Um, and we look forward to getting him back. He's a valuable part of our team. Um, but for a young player like Dalton to come in and develop this rapport now that you're seeing with Josh, it, it's um, it's really good, I know, for the for the quarterback in terms of his. When you have that security blanket over the middle of the defense, it's it's nice to have. Coach, we know how crucial things were on trying to get things back on track. But how do you build off this victory and back home to? Yeah, well, um, we just take them one week at a time. And, um, you know, we've got things we need to work on. Um, and we'll go back to work on those tomorrow. And, um, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a big, big challenge for us to go into Philadelphia. It's a tough place to play. Um, 
so we've got to have a good good week of uh, preparation there. And a good Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, what point did you lose? At what point did you lose? Talk about having fun, you know, getting back to that energy. At what point of the season did you lose? It? Yeah. Well, if I if I knew that, I'd be I've been able to um, probably win a lottery. Maybe I should buy some lottery tickets. I don't know, but I just think overall, um, you know, um, we just we just weren't um, operating on all cylinders. I'll just say it that way. And, and there's a lot of things that were in, that were into that as well that go into that as well. And that's, um, you know, you want you have a vision for for for, for moving us forward, and that's really what what this is all about is I'm not looking in the past. Um, this is about uh, where we're trying to go moving forward. That's all. All right. Thanks. That was Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, same time uh, after the Bills and Eagles. Joe and Jeremy will kick things off tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. sharp, so don't miss it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.